every time I come in the kitchen. You in the kitchen. Damn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Dinner Podcast. It's your boy, Keem. And Chuck, what up? And we host the Morning Dinner Podcast, which is a podcast based out of Las Vegas where we sit down and have interviews and conversations with entrepreneurs, creatives, and hustlers. And today we have Francisco Joel Hernandez in the house. <laughs> oh, what man. up, man? Hi, guys. Up, man? How you doing? Good, good. You, you, you flew into Vegas last night, huh? Yeah, yeah. How was, how, how was your day today? Uh, it was long. We shot a lot today. There was an event today. We, yeah. we were talking off the podcast. You went out to uh, Nelson to shoot a... Was it was that like a photo walk or what, what was that? It was what's called... They call it the Epic Photo Shoot 2019, whatever the year is. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And um, this one organizer by the name of Robert Swap, he organized this whole big shootout thing where there's a lot of models and there's food as well and there's a lot of photographers and a lot of equipment that you could just kind of use throughout the day to shoot and take portraits. And it actually started at eight in the morning. I didn't go that early, but uh, it was eight in the morning. It ended at six. So I got there later and left earlier because it was cold. Dang, and you got <laughs> oh, to damn. Vegas and you got to Vegas in the perfect time though, I would say. Cause yeah, yeah it's actually really the week, nice. The past couple of weeks has been, well, I don't know if you've known, it's been snowing out here. Yeah, I saw yeah. that uh, just because it like made the news because like it never snows here or something. Yeah, never, yeah it never, it never snows here. I think the last time that it snowed in Las Vegas I must have been like maybe seven or eight years old. So that must have been like 20 years ago. Oh, and, and I mean, like that's when it snowed, like maybe like, like more fully Vegas, more snow. than like half yeah. an inch of snow. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah. Cause usually you'll see it coming, but it'll disappear by the time it hits the ground. Yeah. And oh, or you know I mean? they'll have it and it'll only be like one side of town, like either all the way in the North or all the way in the oh, South, you know? Okay. So having yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. For, at the shoot today, they said that last year, cause they, they, I think they started it last year that it was the weather was a little bit cold and it was a little gloomy i wasn't there to attend it so i don't know so we got good sunlight and it was oh, good yeah. for the photos today i i had to work unfortunately today so i was like sitting from my <laughs> office and like you know just watching all the, the good sunlight man yeah. it's really good weather outside today was, yeah, compared to what we had really good but before we get carried away let's let, you want to kind of let people know who you are and what oh, you do yeah, real quick? sure of course uh my name is francisco joel hernandez I mean, that's how I would say it in Texas. But um, yeah, I'm a portrait photographer based in South Texas. That's four hours south of San Antonio, South, South Texas. And I specialize in using off-camera flash for my portraiture. So I, I, you know, there's a lot of people that shoot with like natural light. That's the existing light that's out there without any sort of extra lighting. Um, But I've always been attracted to using off-camera flash because you just have so much control and... When I started using it a couple years ago, I want to say like maybe five years ago now, um, actually a little bit more than that, but I've been dedicating at least the last five years of my life to using off-camera flash and knowing as much as I can. And it is a struggle. So, you know, through all my struggle, I tried to learn as much as I can. And now I just share as much as I can because I've gotten to know off-camera flash very good. We're good friends now. Yeah. So I wanted to share as much as I can. So I've dedicated my YouTube channel, FJH Photo, to um, sharing as much as uh, the process with off-camera flash, taking you know off-camera flash and using it for portrait work, and I also have an Instagram account, uh, FJH Photo again, and that's to that's pretty much dedicated to just sharing the process, and I I try as much as I can to make every single post educational, and uh, so that people can learn at least a little bit about uh, off-camera flash and portrait photography in every single post. 
That's really dope, man. Yeah, super uh, dope. One of the things that I noticed is uh, you do do a lot of educational stuff, whether it's on your YouTube or your Instagram. Um, and it's different from a lot of the stuff that I've seen because a lot of people will just post their photo and not really show the process behind it. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you feel like that's something that, that people kind of like, do you think there's a lot of people who just kind of like to hide their technique their style because that's them and they're maybe afraid of competition like, yeah what, what do you think it is i definitely agree with that and i think it's it's funny because it that that hiding process that 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 part where they don't want to reveal the secret it's evolved in a bit and I'll, I'll elaborate that in a second where like previous to the last couple of years people wouldn't want to share how they took a photo they'll just post a photo and i've been like i'm very confident in saying this because i've followed um, a lot of photographers, so many photographers that sh use off-camera flash since t 2011. Like I've had a good eye on, on a lot of different uh, things going on in the photo industry. And I would see a lot of people posting photos of off-camera flash and kind of just not um, sharing how they took it or, you know, other stuff that might be a mystery to people who don't know it at all. Mm -hmm. And over time, when I've gotten a good understanding of, you know, how the picture was taken, I kind of either incorporated it into my work and shared that or what I've been seeing in recent years is that behind the scenes content is kind of getting popular. Um, when I started to share my stuff, it was just kind of just because I wanted to share share um, with people to learn the process. Right. But what I've seen in the recent year, year and a half maybe, is that people will share BTS now, but then there's a lot of heavy editing as well going on. So that's just another, like an extra step and they don't right. share any of that at all. And maybe they'll make like a... a like a paid tutorial. Right. So to kind join of just, my Patreon. Yeah. Join my Patreon <laughs> and you'll see all the editing secrets. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little mixed up about that because I do get it. Like, you know, if you worked hard to create your yes. own style, you definitely want to kind of like collect your, you know, you don't want to just yeah. give it away. But at the same time, I feel like with somebody like you, uh, or even like Jeff from ready light media, he's a posse buff. Yeah. Like, you guys post all your secrets. And I feel like that kind of, that breaks that wall of like, oh, that's just a photographer. Now you're like, you now you taught me something. Now now you're like a mentor, and that kind of adds more value to the to to why I follow you. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do agree with that. Like, I I, I see nothing wrong with like selling tutorials. I just wish that uh, there was a little bit more transparency. I guess because mm. uh, sometimes I'll see a post, and sometimes uh, somebody will share a behind the scenes photo. And it won't have like all that extra color grading or that extra editing on the model. Yeah. And then you'll see. So the behind the scenes, in other words, doesn't match that final result that they're yeah. sharing. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, you know, but they're not saying anything about it's the it's these people that don't sell tutorials. So I'm like, I, I want at least a little bit more transparency within these people mm -hmm. so that the people that are seeing the behind the scenes photo and seeing that result don't think that it's just the lighting that's getting that final result because it's I I. Like I try to analyze every single photo that I see that I really like, and sometimes I see I'm like, okay, that's a good hour of editing right there. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I wish some people would see, um, at least be more transparent with that because there's always going to be those newcomers into the field that they see that I took a, for example, like me, they see that I took a picture with this certain light and think that that light is what made that photo mm -hmm. when it could be the lighting, the condition, that model, their expression. Um, the modifier, just different things that are, in, you know, that are contributing to that final result. Right. So what I've been trying to push for myself and what I'm going to continue to push myself this year is to kind of just break down that transparency as much as I can, as well as share a couple, I have 
couple of things that I want to create that's going to help even further break down like the process and help others see exactly how a photo was taken. That's dope. And, nice. Yeah, like well, so so, it, so is your is your YouTube channel the reason why like is that why you started a YouTube channel so that you can go further in depth with explaining how you did something? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I started to take pictures with lighting, I got my first lighting kit, which was Posse Buff Lights yeah. in 2011 towards the end. Um, I got really obsessed with lighting because I loved the look. And um, over the course of a couple of years, I had my trial and error and like I would take photos. I would take, I would do a shoot. Sometimes I would get a shot that I liked. And I was at that point where I wasn't understanding why that I liked that photo. Mm -hmm. And then over the course, like when I graduated 2013, 2014, the end of 2013, sometimes in 2014, I got into the point where I was understanding what I was liking. And um, it was every single point that I was kind of having a eureka moment with off-camera flash since 2011, since I got my like lighting, um, every time that I had that knowledge base were engraved in me where, okay, I know this is why this is happening. I would try to share that as much as I can. And when I would share in like Facebook groups dedicated to, sh to showing lighting, um, I would get asked questions on like whenever I would make a post. And over the course of like those years, people would ask me questions and they would send me messages and I would directly help them. I would right. say, this is why this worked. This is why this didn't work um, just because of that trial and error that I was learning with. Um, so over the course of those years, when I eventually did make my channel, which was, I think, in 2016, I think September or something, August or September. I can confirm um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that uh, I made that channel specifically because people were asking me a lot of questions and it was getting like overwhelming. Nice. So I made that channel so that I can direct these people asking these questions like, oh, I made this video because, you know, I got those questions and it should help you. I hope it helps you. And then they see it and they're like, yeah, that answered all my questions. Or for the most part, that's what they say. But then if they ask more questions and I'm like, okay, ask me and I'll answer as much as I can. So, so is it something that you just like wanted to do? Just wanted to help people and like get people Yeah, that's going? the thing that a lot of people don't really realize with my, uh, my content and everything that I do. It's simply because I just wanted to help people. I had that's so bad. much struggle and nights of like just feeling like I wanted to quit. So I just tried as much as I as I could to learn the off camera flash because it's still to this day. I like today I answered about like thirty messages from oh, wow. people asking me about different things related to off camera flash, and this is a daily thing. Yeah. So um so you know it, it gives me that motivation to kind of make more content on YouTube. I feel like I'm still like not making as much content as I want to, but I I started strictly to help people out. Um, I don't know if it. If it's like a psychological thing, like back then, I wish I somebody would help me, and I, right. I never yeah. got Cause that that's help. Because it's usually yeah. it's like one or the other. It's like okay, I'm either gonna help as many people so they don't go through the same situation I did, or I'm gonna keep all the be, knowledge be to myself. More secretive. But yeah. that's fine. You had that because it pays back for sure. You know, yeah, what I mean? and it, people it has. love that. It has, yeah. Even to the to this day, from yeah. just doing this podcast, everything that I've done since I've shared with people the knowledge of you know what I can do. And what off camera flash can do actually, um, it's just been nothing but benefits left and right. And I, right. I, I love that because I just did it just to help people and it's been nothing but beneficial. Right. Okay. And, and, and I think having like a, like a podcast episode with you is dope because you, like you mentioned right now, you get 30, I'm sure you get tons of messages every day <laughs> yes. on questions. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you yeah. having your own YouTube channel people will be able to find out those answers like you without having to ask you directly maybe you have a video on why this flash is better than that why 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 you position it this way how you edit it that way those things are already out there and you don't have to be answering them over and over again yeah or I, even like I, this podcast how you know you may answer a question that i that i may have 
uh, and then somebody else might have had the same question. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think when I when I even talk about the podcast that we're gonna do today, like I'm like, just listen to it. There's some stuff that's just you want to know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask. So you so you flew to Vegas for WPPI, right? Yes. Which is the wh- 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 I forgot what it stands for. Wedding again. and portrait photography. Photography international. I was trying it's to answer international. <laughs> something international. <laughs> yeah, so go. it's a, it's basically a convention for photographers to come to Vegas and kind of it's like NAB for photographers, right? Yeah, yeah. Wedding and portrait how, photographers just unite. Nice. <laughs> I gotta ask, what's in your camera bag? My camera bag. At the moment, <laughs> I brought with me. I had to bring off camera flash. I had the Godox eighty four hundred Pro, which is known as Adorama sells it as the Explore four hundred Pro. And I brought that light because it's very strong and very portable. It fits in my my Peak Design 20L backpack. I brought that. I brought the Godox 8200, also known as the Evolve 200 with the round head. And I brought my A7R 3 with the 85 1.8. That's the Sony 85 1.8. It's awesome lens. It's yeah. not that expensive either, like 550. Mm-hmm. And I brought a uh, A7R 3 with the Samyang 35 1.4. I've been trying to shoot a little bit wider. Just because mm-hmm. uh, it's a different look and it's not that bad of a look either. What what? How do you usually shoot? Like what? What's your go to prime lens for portraits? Definitely eighty five millimeter. Yeah. I've been shooting ever since I've switched to full frame Sony, uh, which was like two thousand seventeen, the beginning of or something. Yeah. I've been loving the eighty five millimeter same uh, focal length. Solid That's lens. exactly yeah. when I switched to Sony too. Wasn't it twenty? No, we switched in twenty. 16. Yeah, I can't even remember. I can't remember. Yeah. You heard about Anyways. the um, 135? Yo. Yeah. yeah. That's a crazy lens. I was like, whoa. Yeah. That was crazy. When Full I sh- frame. When I shot with Canon previous to Sony, the Canon 135L was like my favorite lens. Was I it still really? love and it's, it. And it's a yeah. 1.8. Yeah. Well, no, no. That was the Canon 135L F2. The oh, C- no, I mean like the one that's coming out. The Sony, oh, yeah. the, He's talking oh, about Sony the 135 oh, is going to be a, a yeah. 1.8. Yeah, 1.8. That's pretty yeah. crazy. It's a little pricey. Was it 1300? 19. No, bro. Yeah, yeah. It couldn't have been. 1900. I could have sworn I looked it up before this podcast it's started. It's engraved in my brain. 1900. I swear to God, I read 1399. Yeah, so somebody must have messed it up on. I, wish. I think yeah. I think I, I read wish. it on F Stoppers or, or Petapixel. See, see, they they make typos too. Damn. They're human. <laughs> They're human. Damn, I, I got so high, bro. Like 1399. Yes. Like I mean, that would be a great price, yeah. but no. <laughs> I'll get two of them. <laughs> That's yeah. dope, man. Wait, so uh, are you are you doing anything special out here for WPPI, or are you just kind of like enjoying the show? This year, I wanted to just relax a bit. So this 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 event that happened today, the Epic Photo Shoot 2019, um, that was going to be like my my main source of like my my release of photo shoots. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like it it was good because I didn't have to think or organize anything. I just went in there. There was a lot of models and I just shot pretty much. So I had fun. I took a lot of awesome shots and I took BTS photos as well. So I, I want to, I can't wait to share that this week, later this nice. week. Cause like, oh, I shot with the, the Sigma art 105 1.4. Ooh. I have that. I own that lens, but it's heavy. So I didn't bring it. So, is, but is somebody that, else brought it. Is that a Sony mount? Yeah. It's a, it's the Sigma art E mount. So it's basically like they're, they're, it's the Sony mount, but okay. they have like a, in, a yeah. built-in adapter. Okay. Cause I was going to, that was one of the questions I did have. I'm, I'm going to sound ignorant, bro. Cause I, it's, no, it's fine. So F E mount and E mount. We always ask each, ourselves this question. F E mount is full frame, full frame mount. Right. Yeah. And the E mount is the crop sensor. Not necessarily. Um, See? there could be a, there could be a, uh, an E mount that works on full frame, 
but for some reason they have like a brand like of like a uh, full frame lenses that they just decided to call fe oh so is that so do, do you think it could be something with the autofocus speed or something well yeah they have like the g master which is like their t- top of the uh yeah line lenses and I then, love, they, then I they have 24 to 70 yeah and then they have their g and then i think i mean you know what? i could be wrong <laughs> well, cause I, I, have a, I could be wrong too so we're, we're both in there here i have a, I have a 35 uh 35 1.8 which is the optic optically stabilized one yeah but oh, i think yeah. it's only for crop sensor because i throw it on my a65 and it, it looks Zooms it in? looks good yeah oh. but then i throw it on my full frame my a7r2 and you can see the vignette around the oh, corners okay yeah, so all right so people yeah. who are watching you know excuse my ignorance but yeah. let's just assume that fe <laughs> is full frame e-mount for now <laughs> so so doing mostly like uh, educational content on your YouTube channel, your Instagram. I got to ask you, how did you first educate yourself? Okay. And at what point did you realize you could start educating other people? So I would definitely like, there's always, I always want to have like a root answer. Uh, and I can definitely attribute my whole obsession with off camera flash to a photographer by the name of Joey L. He's based, well, he was based in New York. I think he lives there, yeah. but he just travels Joey so much. Truth, bro. He's amazing. He's, he's, he's the so reason good. I bought he, the Palsy Buff Lights. Ama- same here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> you watch his video too? Oh, man. He's he's just like, Joey, you're, you're hearing this, but you, he's amazing, man. Yeah, he's dope. I, I met him recently at um at this recent Photo Plus, I believe. Oh, nice. I think maybe this photo, yeah, this recent one, maybe it was the year before, but it was, um, it was a great experience. Uh, definitely a down-to-earth cool guy but i i've actually come across his work because he's one of the first photographers that i discovered that was sharing at least a little bit of of how they took a photo like i think i remember distinctly remember seeing like bts photos so i was like interested in that and i was saying okay lighting i need lighting because this is what's uh creating this look um i've gotten to the point now where i can understand how i can take photos that i like with natural light but it's, it requires post-processing. Mm-hmm. But back then, I didn't. I like I knew very little. Uh, so I guess I went the right route with with lighting. But um, my obsession. What was the question? My, my obsession with helping. Uh, uh, no. How how did you first educate yourself to learn what you know now? Oh, okay. And when, when did you build what, the confidence? Yeah. To and when, and yeah, when did you build the confidence? To be so like, I'm okay, not gonna lie. Uh, there was times where I was sharing stuff, and it wasn't like the most. Uh, best advice to give because mm. I thought it was so yeah. you know you know so I'm, I wasn't wrong we all do it yeah it was just He's like, but I'm sorry. I probably still do it but, but I learned I think I learned um, over the course of like not to share anything unless I absolutely know yeah. the answer um, so I guess that little bit of trial and error there I wasn't doing that for years or anything yeah but like um, I tried to my best to if I don't know an answer just go ahead and research it and don't be afraid to say I don't know because I rather would tell people I don't know then rather give them false information mm-hmm. and then they you know that's basically bad advice and I don't want to I don't want to hinder anybody's performance right so um I think over the time uh over the course of just kind of re- reading as much as I could on either petapixel on f-stoppers, f-stoppers. <laughs> uh reading the uh blog site I yeah think, yeah uh, David Hobby I think his name is yeah um but just reading as much as I can and just learning from th- these different sites. There's actually one website that not a lot of people know, know about called strobox.com, S-T-R-O-B-O-X.com. And it, it's all nothing but diagrams and, and the res, showing the results in the diagram, either like just like an artificial diagram, the lights here, sun's here, or an actual behind the scenes photo. Mm-hmm. And that's been going on for like, I think I want to say at least 2013, but I guess from just researching as much as I can, just as much as I could, 
from just being as passionate as I could because I wanted to learn different things. Um, and when, once I learned them mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, learned them good, that's when I started to feel comfortable with sharing with others. And there's actually a technique called the Brenizer. I don't know if you guys know the Brenizer effect. What, what's all that? Uh, it's also goes by the name of Boca Panorama. Basically, it's like you shoot with a wide, uh, with a telephoto lens with a wide aperture. Let's say the Sigma Art 105 1.4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you take a lot of different shots. But if I was to take a picture of maybe like of you, you know, in a field, and since that lens is kind of like zoomed in, right? Yeah. Um, you take a lot of pictures. Make sure that you lock in the focus and don't, um, uh, you know, adjust it. Oh. Okay. And then take pictures and just take pictures like of all the subjects in the surrounding well, area. You could do that. And then you combine them. And basically the whole point of that is that you get an extra super shallow depth of field. And there's actually a, a depth of field calculator that you can um, look up online where it'll tell you basically, it'll be like, oh, that 105, 1.4, all those shots that you combine together, that's basically like a uh, 50 millimeter F0.7 or something like that. Whoa, my mind what? is blown right now. Yeah, <laughs> Bro, that's Bro, some, I'm, <laughs> yeah. that's some that's nerdy crazy. stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's crazy. Wait, so Lightroom then stitches it together or you got to do it in Photoshop? You can um, do it. You can. The best thing to do is to process the shots in Lightroom so that mm. there's no vignetting because there's always going to be a little bit vignetting around the edges. Yeah. And then um, you don't want them to be super large files because that'll make heavy editing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So and don't then, shoot on an A7R2. Yeah, no, <laughs> 42 megapixels. <laughs> you have like a 10 gigabyte file or something <laughs> larger. Use like an A7S2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just turn the megabytes down, bro. The A6000. <laughs> that's, true. that's true how you can do that on Sony. Yeah. yeah. I love Sony, bro. You could do so much with yeah. those cameras. Shout out to Sony. Yeah. I was coming from Canon for the longest time and I didn't want to switch. Yeah, I was so like in. I was so uh, like I had all my lenses were Canon, you know, all my all my bodies were Canon. But then it just came to the point where I was like, I need more. Yeah, and especially, and especially when I when I started realizing I was gonna do photography, because uh, yeah. before I was just primarily primarily doing video, um, and really like I mean for video, I mean I guess there was a seven S two, um, but I really wanted I wanted to upgrade for the photo capabilities of the forty two megapixels and everything else that the yeah, A7R2 you want the best has. of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, essentially forty two so, megapixels. Yeah, it's so good. Do yeah. do do you think forty two <laughs> megapixels is overkill? Um, I mean, it, it's subjective. <laughs> I don't even need 42 me- megapixels, yeah. but I want it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's not overkill because I want it. It's like, I'm yeah. for sure not shooting like to print into like a building yes, size. Me neither. But no, it's funny. But one day I might. Because a lot of those prints and stuff you see on buildings, the resolution isn't that high. Yeah. Because like when I do marquees for huge three-story marquees, like the the video, yeah. They they say send like a eight hundred by six hundred video. I'm like, oh, is Jesus. it gonna be is it gonna be blurry? And they're like, no. Nah. Like, oh, you got to think about it. people oh, are watching it from like it. a mile away. Yeah, yeah, driving. Wow. Yeah, yeah it tripped crazy. me out when I like found that out. Like we when I do billboards, like they're really tiny. Like yeah. they're not that big. They're like five hundred by eight hundred. Like, do you want an eight K file? <laughs> nah, eight eight hundred by six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, it's so weird. <laughs> It's wow, interesting. I got that's crazy, man. Yeah, there's so much. We're I all just learning. Learned, I just learned something right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I want to try that. Yeah. So, is there a way like a? T- do you have a tutorial? I don't have one, but I can rec- recommend a tutorial by my friend Robert Hall. He does a lot of educational content on photography. Robert Hall. That just sounds very familiar. Yeah, he's a white guy, bald with a beard. You yeah, might, you might have seen yeah. tutorials of him. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm subscribed to him. Yeah, yeah. Rob, yeah. if you're listening, you know, there's a shout out right shout there. Out. Shout out to Robert Hall. <laughs> yeah, um, um, he has a great tutorial on it. I want to ask. Um, do you ever like feel because I, I um, all the content on your Instagram and your YouTube channel is mostly um, educational, right? 
do you ever get those like uh you want to do like a creative portrait like a how do you say um like a superman like, one or something like a tutorial do you know do you ever want to do anything outside of just you know not just educational but maybe something more passion-based where it's like a oh i shouldn't say passion-based but more like a like shoot a model realms, randomly like somewhere. gel stuff or like do challenge or, th- or things like that is that something that could oh, ever come yeah, to your channel for sure yeah um i think like if I were to just do nothing but travel and do a lot of collaborations with different photographers, mm-hmm. that would kind of force me to do more stuff outside of my, my realm, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I love doing, challenging myself. I just don't really challenge myself. <laughs> I've, I like, and I have explanation for that. Cause some people do tell me like, don't you get bored with your style of, of, of work? And I'm, I'm torn because it took me years to develop that style, like literal years. Like I want to say five plus. Right. And, um, and then, um, there was a lot of years where I wasn't loving my own work. I was taking the photos and I was aiming for what I thought would be good photos that the client would like. Um, but I wasn't liking it and it took me forever to, to develop a style that I liked. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a bittersweet feeling in that I like my work, but I do want to progress and learn more. But at the same time, there's always going to be that, like, um, that you're that scare that fright of just kind of venturing into yep. the unknown and, right. and struggling and and i don't know if it's psychological again that's my life like, every day yeah <laughs> but like i <laughs> struggle forever I so i don't like it like i do want to venture into more that's why i have that samyang 35 1.4 mm-hmm. it's like a budget 35 1.4 yeah but it works amazing yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so i i got that specifically because i wanted to shoot more wide work and then i also want to eventually get like shooting into like ultra wide like 16 millimeter Mm -hmm. but um i do want to kind of make those looks into my own style so i want to kind of keep my style but just you know delve into different kind of focal lengths and also again like kind of challenge myself eventually this year adding more gels to my work adding studio a lot a lot of studio work to my to my portfolio because i do a lot of outdoor on location work and a lot of people are like well what about the studio you know why don't you like the studio and I, I just like on location because it's, I don't know, it's easy to just see everything and see, take advantage of it. See, and I'm a little bit opposite because I do mostly studio. I do yeah. everything and, and it comes from a part of like not being lazy, but it's like to carry around. <laughs> <laughs> That's lazy, bro. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, okay, so I use, okay, so I use policy buffs. You got buff. policy buffs. I got policy buffs. Is that right? why you have to go down? Right. Yes. Ah. I guess we're going to hit this topic. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're here. We're here right yeah, now. So I got the Einsteins, you know what I mean? And uh, the Vagabonds. They're but. so for, for yeah. portable, for portability, they're kind of fragile. And also, you know, it's just, I don't know, man, even with the modifiers that I have, it's pretty heavy stuff. See, you know I, I mean? had those lights, so I, I can tell, I can yeah. definitely tell you from experience. Like, I've had a, like I was telling you, there's a lot of trial and error that I had with my yeah. work and I can break down the different years and what I've learned in those years. But the first thing I learned was, okay, policy buff? No. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. I learned slowly because I got them in 2011, the yeah. end of 2011. And it wasn't until I be, I believe 2014 that I got another strobe. Yeah. So that was like a whole three years of saying, of like, okay, I'm going to try these policy buffs. See what I like, what I don't like, and then eventually I learned. Okay, no, don't. Do that. Yeah, but <laughs> no, you had, but no. you had, but you had the alien bees though, right? Yeah, I had. Okay. I actually got too many lights. I started. Oh damn! I shoot with one light right now, and I shot with one light for years. But when I got the lights in 2011, I got four. I got. Oh wow! Damn. I got the. I got two alien B 800s. Overkill. Alien B. Yeah. Damn. Alien B 400, and then I got the uh, alien B ring light 800. 
So I got those. They have a ring light? light? Yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's called the ABR 800. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and I just overkill. Well, yeah, overkill. so the thing is, like, I feel like Posse Buff Lights, they're, they have really, really good, like, color rendition. The, I, I, I love them, bro. I, I use them in my studio all the time. No complaints as far as in studio. You know what I mean? I even use yeah. the, the, the gel, the light mod gel uh, modifier system, and it's just so easy to use. Um, but yeah, just taking on location sometimes sucks. And then the Vagabond Mini, you got that. And then like, I know like my tri, my, what's it called? The, the, the license that I have the license heavy. weighs oh, at least yeah. like 35 pounds, bro. And if Jeez. you don't have a, which like, what's stand is that? It's a, tur- uh, what's it called? Turtle, um, C stand. Yeah, it's, it's a black sea stand from from B and H photo. Oh yeah, I think I'm familiar. with I was gonna say here. turtleneck. It's not turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> turtle turtle base, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. I I like Posse Buff, but I I do I have been like for the past couple of years just eyeballing the uh, the Godox just because of how one cheap they are yeah, and yeah. two like the even the eight what's it called the AD two hundreds. There's the AD two hundreds that look like speed lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The small and powerful. How yeah. bright are those? Those those so the speed lights like I try to keep the the power level in terms of watt seconds because yeah. that's kind of like the, the most broad term of describing all the different power levels of yeah. different lights. So um, speed lights typically have around sixty to sixty five watts of power, mm-hmm. and when it comes to the eighty two hundreds, they have two hundred watts of power, which is about three times as much as a speed single speed light. Uh-huh. Right, and and it has oh, so kind of and they're also this kind of the same size, a little bit bigger than a speed light. Yeah, but um, it's three times as powerful. So, yeah. So they're powerful and small. So it's like really. And those great. are the ones you shoot with, or I, what do you shoot? I with? I shoot a couple of different lights. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, what I'm really enjoying the Godox 8400 Pro. It's it's actually their their latest light, but um, before I got that one, I was shooting with the 8600 Pro, mm-hmm. and then before that, I was shooting with the 8200. Um, I can definitely, you know, the thing is, a lot of people always ask me, you know, like, can a single Godox 8200 do a lot? And, or could they have taken that fo- photo that I've shared? And it, a lot of times it's the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But I just tend to like, I, I kind of have this in the back of my head. It's better to have more and not need it than yeah, to have less exactly. than need more. So I always uh, get the more the light with the more power. Right. And then, you know, if I can use it on lower, lower outputs, yeah, that it's fine. Yeah. And sure. that's the AD400? Yeah, the AD400 Pro. So so if I wanted to go ahead and just pick something up real quick right now, yeah. like go on Amazon or what B&H, whatever, and pick something up that I could just take on location. Portability. Yeah. What would you recommend? I would say because you mentioned color um, accuracy with those Posse Buffs, they're, they're actually really known for that as mm-hmm. well. They're great. The one thing I'll say about them is they're great studio lights mm-hmm. um, outside. You know, different would, story. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, I would say to go ahead and may probably get the Godox eighty six hundred Pro. Okay, they actually offer a TTL version and a high speed sync uh, or a non TTL version. And TTL, uh, for those of you who are not who are listening who don't know what that is, the best way to the best way to sum that up is this: basically an auto mode for your light. So you enable TTL and it'll do its best to kind of give you the output that it thinks that you'll need. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to buying a light that has TTL, there's always going to be you know, what's, what's known as in the photo industry as the TTL tax, because it's going to be, it's going to make that light that, that costs to make like $700, um, $850, like $150 extra. Yeah. And I would say the best thing to just shoot with is always shoot manual for, yep. the, for the consistency. I don't ever shoot, I don't ever shoot to TTL. TTL yeah, yeah, yeah. always yeah. messes yeah. me up. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, exactly. It, it's a best, it's a beast that has to be tamed because yeah. it, it does work well when you, when you know how to work it. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, I would say to go ahead and get the Godox 8600 Pro without TTL, which they offer now. Um, but sold by Adorama. I think they're the only ones that carry that light without the TTL. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so I would definitely suggest that because it has that really good color accuracy. It's it's actually better than Profoto's color accuracy. Really? Oh wow! Yeah. Yo, yeah. you're about to start a controversy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm dropping facts right now. Okay, <laughs> dropping Cause, facts. Because yeah. Profoto's kind of like they're expensive, man. They're you know. Yeah. I was looking at their was it the Isn't B- Profoto's like two G's? Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for one head. Ooh. Yeah. And then the and then the the remote for the Profoto system is four hundred dollars. Oh my. That's yeah. four hundred. Shout out to Four hundred dollars. So I I actually yeah. just bought the uh, continuous video lights, the sixty watt ones. Have we, you heard of those? Like they ma- they match the the one twenty D the aperture. Oh, these oh. are all video light ones. Are these oh, Godox or yeah. something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they're Godox, aren't they? Yeah, they're Godox. Godox SLW sixty. Yes, yes, those they're yeah. really yeah. good. I was like, yeah. whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, they're really good lights. Um, they're a hundred and what a hundred fifty bucks. They're like I seen one on hundred forty right now, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, this is yeah. Cr- they're about to kill the game. Godox is doing like, damn, a good job bro, for this podcast. We used to have an aperture. Uh, what was it? Right Aperture there, 120D? 120D. Yeah. That we used to hang over, oh, it's just bro. There. <laughs> overkill. Overkill. Yeah. It's a nice light, yeah, though. It was, it's a really nice but, light. But, I mean, if, you, if you're getting almost like, what, I wouldn't say the same amount of output. What, 60 what? Yeah. I think they're literally almost the same thing. And it's and it's one, 160, it's 150. It's almost $500 cheaper. Versus spending, yeah. If you can get by with less, crazy. why not? Yeah. And, and that's crazy because Aperture's known for, for like, cheap lighting for doing like you know low price uh not cheap Video. like as in like quality but like the pricing yeah. is pretty affordable, yeah, affordable you know pricing I mean? sorry yeah, yeah. That, i have so. a couple of aperture lights and i i really enjoy all of them but uh they're just a little pricey they're a bit pricey mm-hmm. yeah so i want to switch that camera angle bro. huh <laughs> what camera angle oh Tell me. what there you go oh okay He's over here switching camera. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you see him fidgeting with a remote, he's got a remote on the he's table. Like, Why is this guy fidgeting so much? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only yeah. thing I, I'm worried about with Godox is the customer support. Like, what about see that? that the, see, I can definitely tackle that because that's actually the thing that a lot of people bring up, and it's and um, I guess there needs to be more people talking about it in the sense of if you actually bought a light from Godox from like Amazon and it was directly from Godox, mm-hmm. that'd be from them sending it to you from from china or wherever they manufacture the lights yeah but the thing is for that last couple of years specifically with with adorama which i've actually been working with um you they have amazing customer service and amazing support so i would i always recommend ordering from adorama um i think actually bnh picked them up uh, picked up at godox lights for like the last year and a half mm-hmm. and there's also like two other um u.s custom um u.s re- retailers that actually sell it and will either you know repair the light or have great warranty on it but i just recommend adorama because they have they just have a lot of great um, customer service and also if the light goes on sale like you bought it last week and it costs let's just say a light that you got it was cost seven hundred dollars and then it went sale for six hundred within 30 days um you can contact adorama and then they'll they'll be like oh okay yeah it went on sale you bought it within 30 days here's a hundred dollar store credit oh that's yeah tight. yeah so that, that that's that. really good too so um, but yeah, when it comes to the support, uh, I, I will say one case, my friend had a Godox 8600 BM. That's the Godox, uh, that's the Explore 600 manual strobe. He got it, uh, more than two years ago and it's, it has two year warranty on the light and mm-hmm. the warranties, I think they depend, they depend on light. It's like one year, or two year warranty, but I think the, that light was two year, two year warranty, but it was out of warranty. But and he crashed it and it stopped working. It like it just dropped. It, like oh, he physically if, damaged it. Yeah, he physically damaged yeah. it. But he contacted them and they said just send it back to us. And then they sent him a new one. Ooh, out of warranty. 
So not yeah. saying that's gonna happen to everybody. But. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. guaranteeing anybody <laughs> no, anything. Don't no hope on that. But I'm just saying, like, they have no, great no, customer tight. service, and yeah. a lot of people do bring up that you know, you know, what happens if my light breaks? What happens? If my... And you know what? The thing is, somebody messaged me a couple of days ago saying, "Oh, I got the Godox 862, which is known as Adorama." As the Flashpoint Zoom Lithium Ion TTL Speedlight, yeah, which is around one hundred and eighty dollars or so, she so got cheap. it from Amazon, and she got it from Godox directly. And when she got the light, I think she said that the bulb or something broke. And you know, I'm not gonna say that it was shipped that way. I have no idea. But if she had gotten it like that from Adorama, it would have gotten. She could have just gotten sent. They might have even sent her the light. First, first yeah. and then say okay send me the back the other one yeah uh, so yeah but like um i've had that situation before too i got in a godox light strobe it was a studio strobe thankfully because i like like my outdoor lights um but it was a studio strobe that i was trying out and then it came with a broken bulb and it was also a little bit scratched up because i think that bulb mm-hmm. the glass or whatever right and i'm like hey what's up with this light it came broken <laughs> and they're like oh okay we're gonna send you another one and they sent me another one and then i don't know if i'm supposed to say but they, they i kept both ah, nice. they, they gave they, they let me keep both allegedly you, yeah, yeah. You send it back. You didn't hear that. I sent it back. Wait, what about uh, modifiers though? Like, does it come with a good range of modifiers? For, what kind of mount is the is the Godox? So a lot. I think every single Godox, um, aside from Bowen? yeah, Bowen's. Oh, I love Bowen's. Yeah, mount. they're the best. Yeah, Bowen's mount is is like the most universal and has so many options available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think all of the Godox lights, with the exception of their latest eighty four hundred Pro, come with Bowen's mount. But that le- that the eighty four hundred Pro actually comes with that Bowen's mount. You just need to attach it. Like yeah. an yeah. adapter. Yeah, it, it comes with high. that adapter. Yeah, so I have mine with my adapter on there all the time. But um, yeah, there's so many options actually. Adorama within the past year, I want to say within the past year, single year, um, they created a what they call the Glow Line, which is their like their brand of modifiers that are for one affordable, mm. and two they work really well. And my, my favorite modifier at this moment is the 34-inch beauty dish with the white interior. And I use that. I have been using that for, like, I think already, like, six months, maybe five months. And you can go to my Instagram at FJHphoto, and you guys can check out the photos from the past six months that I've used that modifier. And it's working so well. And it's I think it's – I want to say it costs $79, maybe $69. And it's, it's, yeah, it's super it's, affordable. It's yeah. super affordable. Yeah. I mean, Westcott, they're a really great product, but – that same modifier might cost like four hundred, five. Yeah, no, yeah. easily, like easily. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about Westcott, Bron Collar, we're talking about those kind of modifiers, bro. We're talking money. Yeah, mortgage. You're talking yeah. for Bron Collar. You're not doing it as a hobby <laughs> at that point. For a tiny softbox is like fifty thousand. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, that, 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 that is one thing that I will say. I'm a little bit salty at with Posse Buff is that it those modifiers you you have to get them from their website. Like it's their mod, yes. you know, their brand. And it, and and every time you order something, you always got to pay shipping. Now here's the thing, I love Posse Buff and I love their customer service because they've always hooked yeah. it up. They've always helped me yes. out. They're very easy to communicate with. You're trying them. to get that sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> if you out there, sticking my neck out for you guys. Uh, no, but they're they're dope. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that one one thing I do wish I could just go on Amazon sometimes instead of ordering something and then having to wait two weeks. Okay, yeah. for it to get in. I mean, I I do want to call people out in the sense of like, come on, bro, you it's been this long. And you didn't do this, in other words. Yeah. One thing with Policy Buff is I think in the past, I want to say literally the past one or two months, they barely added international shipping. Yeah. No, the, they did that, I think, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Two, okay, yeah. yeah. Within, a, within a month, yeah. I want to say, they barely 
added that support. Yeah. And it's been, you know, if somebody wanted to order a, a Plessy Buff Light that lived in Europe, they would have to do these different ways that people have to do, like get it sent to somebody in the U.S. and then they have to send it through this and then they have to pay, they have to pay like the same price of that light yeah. oh, for all these different domestic charges and travels and stuff right the fees or whatever um, yeah that's ridiculous well what's up with that like shouldn't they like can't they just put their stuff on Amazon and have Amazon take care of that stuff I, I'm not I'm not gonna I mean I've I, never I run know. my own yeah. lighting company <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know yeah. yeah. but I would just imagine like I got a homie who sells things on Amazon <laughs> like, maybe yeah, it just doesn't know, know. maybe they just don't sell enough and it just doesn't make sense uh, to inventory yeah. I don't know that's that, he said it, not me because <laughs> you know it might be expensive or they might yeah. have like a manufacturer that's not giving well i mean deal. they make yeah. everything in the u.s oh, oh that's another, another gripe i have right. is the high speed sync let's talk about high speed yes sync real quick because that's one of the reasons i was i eyeing the uh, godox uh, 600 mm. I, I think it's called the explore 600 or something yep. like that explore uh it had high speed sync capability and for the same price as the einstein actually a little bit more than the einstein i would have go back and forth with you on that cause, yeah. well because i think einstein's only like how much is it right 550. now? 550. Oh, it's 550? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to say 500. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. It's been a while since it's, I bought mine then. It's definitely See, not cheaper than 500. Yeah, he just yeah. got like, can I say? You got like three lights for like 550? Oh, no. I, I bought two of them from my homie though. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so I ended up getting an Einstein uh, and then I got a DigiB 1600. Okay. I think, and I, I only paid like, I, I paid only 500 bucks. I want to say that one's 300. The what? To, the, I'm trying to think of the 1600. Yeah. The price. I want to say it's 300 because I think the the 400 is like 229. Then the the 800 is like 249 or 59. Yeah. Like something not too crazy. Yeah. So if I had to think about the next step up, it probably would it be 300. I mean, this is just guesses. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got yeah. I got two Einsteins and one DGB. Uh, 800 or 1600. Anyways, but uh, yeah, man, no no high speed sync. I'm a yeah, and then uh, all you know. There, there's going to be people that say, well, it could if you do this and this and this. And in a nutshell, if you you have to buy special triggers yeah, and you have to use the light at full power. And even if you use it at full power to, to be able to shoot at higher sync speeds, you would still get a, a bit of a gradient of light that's not oh, registering. Oh, for real? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, I've wait, gotten for, that. Posse? Yeah. Yeah, there's work. Wow. If you go, if you go above 160th or 1200th or something like that. It, it, you'll get that curtain. What's the highest curtain. speed? Uh, oh, real quick, can you explain what high speed yeah, sync yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. So, um, high speed sync. The best way to break it down is for the longest time, for years and years and years, for like decades. Um, when it comes to the limits of of flash, you can only go to a certain speed. That's going to depend on ed every camera that you can go to this speed. Let's say, for example, I think a lot of Sony cameras have the limit of 250th. Oh, 250th. Yeah. Um, they have a certain speed, let's say 250th of a second. Um, once you go past that speed, the light starts to stop registering. And if you if you go just just past 250th, let's say 1 through 20th, um, you'll see like a little bit of a black line come, starting from the top, I want to say. Yeah. And then if you go faster and faster, you'll see that more of that black line is kind of just filling up more of the frame. Yeah. That's because that flash is not being able to register throughout that whole shot because your shutter is basically blocking that light from, from coming in. Mm -hmm. So, so it's going as, it's going faster and faster and covering more that shutters, sh you know, covering more of that image yeah. and that flash is not able, you know, 
able to go through that shutter. Yeah. So um, eventually, when you go faster and faster, you're not gonna have any light registering, and it's gonna be dark Black. because yeah, I've no shot flash. it like uh, when I had my 6D, I shot it like one one thousandth. Yeah. And half my frame was black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I learned that the hard way a long time ago. I was like a long time ago when I first started shooting. I was, like, I was like, my camera's yeah. broke. I was at like 320th a second. I was shooting with the flash. I was like, why is there this black yeah. line? I'm like, damn, my mirror broke. Yeah. And I was giving up. You guys didn't have high speed sync. So yeah. so with high speed sync, you're able to go over that limit you're yep. able to pass that limit because the way that high speed sync works is um if you take a, a picture it's just one burst of light that's mm -hmm. without high speed sync it's just a burst of light and it's just going to go away slowly right it's what's called the, i think the flash duration yeah mm -hmm. and with high speed sync it's basically like you try to just think of like a, a, a like i don't know a rave and there's like a strobe going on like yeah. a literal strobe just flashing flash flash flash, flash. um basically high speed sync is exactly doing just that it's creating a series of pulses that is just kind of keeping that all those pulses are the same. So basically what it's doing is it's keeping that burst of light um, consistent. So you're able to go ahead and just go to any sync speed that you want to up to Dang. one eight thousandth of a second. And you don't have to do anything yeah. except for just use that light that can do the high speed sync. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you, yeah. So cool. and, and it sounds like a simple thing now. Yeah. But Bro, I used to have like Magic Lantern trying to figure out like, <laughs> yeah. well, what kind of hack can I use? Yeah. You remember Magic Lantern? Yeah. I, I know that. Magic Lantern. Oh, I still have it on my I took pictures hey. of my voice before. Or just, or just like, like a, like a yeah. voice activated? Yeah. Like just snapping and then it would take the picture magic to, lantern yeah magic lantern that's so you could shoot in raw yeah in magic lantern well i never figured that out to be honest yeah you have to have like a high i didn't want to burn my camera <laughs> yeah i was like damn you, you could i there was rumors back in the day when magic lantern first came out that said that uh, if you don't if you don't use it the right way you, you could brick, brick your camera i brick my camera uh, but i fixed it <gasps> yeah yeah because okay. i was thinking that you yeah. could break, unbrick it right yeah, yeah i did something and like while it was like updating yeah i think i like pulled the cord out by accident yeah that's gonna break and it. it bricked it and i was like oh fuck especially during updating <laughs> yeah i was like oops he basically just but threw it in the it. pool and it fixed it's the problem <laughs> oh wow so if you guys ever break your camera just throw it in the pool and oh, oh, just, oh i'm just kidding um, oh, somebody's uh, doing that out there to go a little bit more about the high speed sync real yeah. quick yeah um uh, I do say that right, like in the recent years, it's more common knowledge because since I think I want to say since 2016, yeah, when Godox came out with the Explorer 600, um, yeah, they think the original Godox uh, Explorer or no, the Godox 8600B, which is their Bowens mount TTL version of that strobe, mm -hmm. um, but then they also had a manual version without TTL. But that singular strobe, I attribute it to so much. Like if you go right now on Google and put like Explorer 600. Um, more than likely, like one of my blog posts, I don't, I don't even do a lot of blog posts on my website, <laughs> but that blog post got me so much traffic because I was like, this light is the bomb. You, right. need, you guys need to get this light because of this, this, and this. I wrote a whole blog post because I was so like, I love that strobe still to this day. I highly recommend that strobe, um, because it had high speed sync. It had, uh, 600 Watts of power. It has a lot of battery life. It has accessory options. I can go on and on about that strobe. And I do in that blog post, Come but, um, getting sponsored by, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, I had trial and error since, since Posse buffed, like trying to figure out a look. And when I dis discovered like what look I liked, then I had like, I was, I did, you know, searching and searching. Yeah. And, and when that strobe, it was like, finally Eureka, this light has everything that I want. So with the Posse buff lights, they had cords and they didn't have high speed sync. Yeah. And the way that I got around that was, yeah, I was using ND filters and trying to act like cords don't annoy me. Oh, that's oh, wow. what you meant. Okay. I get it. Okay. Yeah. I get it now. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically with high speed sync, the, what, the, what I like is having a shadow depth of field mm -hmm. with using that flash in a bright sunny day. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, with high speed sync, 
basically, if I were if I, I high speed sync, if I wanted to take a picture in a bright sunny day with a shallow depth of field, because up, yeah, right? yeah, because I wouldn't have that option of going at a higher shutter speed to kind of bring down that ambient light. I'd have to either lower the ISO, which is uh, only going to go to ISO 100, yeah, or can't you know maybe ISO 50. But the only way, other way to do that would be to narrow down that f-stop to like maybe f16, f22. But if I wanted that shallow depth of field, literally the only way to do that would be to add ND filters. Ah, right. That would cut down that ambient and be allow me to shoot at wide apertures. Right, because you would so, have to shoot at one six, one one sixtieth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, so I was using ND filters prior to you know these other strobes that can shoot at higher swing speeds. But that was with the policy buff lights that and you know, that had cords. And that I didn't have that. Um, and then I found out eventually there's this other strobe called the Metal 600 AD. And I was like, I found out from a friend from Europe about this light. And uh, I became his friend from from Facebook. I've Facebook never heard group. of that light. Yeah, yeah I mean, you don't even bother anymore. It's not, <laughs> it's not a good strobe anymore. But at that time, it allowed me to go at faster sync speeds mm. without. And, and that was a time even before high speed sync. High speed sync now is a bit of a common knowledge thing or at least a trend that yeah. people know about. But yeah. back then, that strobe allowed me to shoot at any sync speeds without ND filters. Um, I was just like, okay, what what the heck? How am I able to do this? And I was able to do it through like uh, the short, the, the, the quick summary of it is that my triggers allowed this light to, because of the flash duration, you know, which is like it pops and then it kind of just dissolves, you know, basically like, I don't know, anything that does that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, it had a slow pop. So it would pop and then it would slowly go uh, away. And because of that slowly going away, it basically with the triggers that I was using at the time, it allowed me to kind of utilize all that flash at that, you know, at that slow pop, uh, slow, you know, that slow fade away. And um, it was specifically those triggers having that good timing. And um, I was able to use them at one eight thousand of a second, one four thousand of a second, high sync speeds. Wow. And at the time, that's technically called super sync. Which uh, is, yeah, yeah. You don't really even, you don't even want to bother with and yeah, that's what it was technically called. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to bother with that anymore. The high speed syncs exist yeah, now. That's a super technical DIY right there, man. Yeah, I I mean I was pretty much the and I'm not gonna just like say exaggerating. I was like the only one using this sync, super sync method, and right. I was, and I told people about it and I was explaining it to them, and then eventually after I got that strobe, I learned another strobe that can do the same thing, you know, super sync, but. That first strobe, that Metal 600 AD, it had a nickel battery, so it didn't have a long battery life. And then it also, in order to adjust the power, you had to actually go to that strobe, bring it down, adjust the knob, bring it back up. And if I (laughs) took another shot and I didn't, I think it needed more power, go bring it back on. Yeah, so (laughs) that was the strobe after the policy buff. Then there was another strobe called the Rove Light 600B. And that strobe allowed me to change the power um, through a remote, but it had a power limitation of only being used at full power to one sixteenth power. So if I wanted to go lower than that, then I then I wouldn't be able to go to that. Oh, okay. So there was there that was a, limitations. Yeah, that strobe that had a shitty battery. That the metal, that metal six hundred AD had a bad battery. There was a compromise everywhere then, you went. Yeah, yeah, and it, I, I couldn't see the power level. Yeah. And then the Rove Light six hundred B better battery life. But I had that power limitation, and I, I couldn't see the power level on the remote. And then if that's immediately the strobe after that, which was the Explorer 600, I could see the power level on the remote. I could adjust the power to any power of, from full power to one two hundred and fifty six, which is super low. Mm-hmm. It had a good modeling lap. It had like 
it had high speed sync, like actual high speed sync. Those two strobes before it didn't have high speed sync. They they had uh, super sync, and there was there was these limitations as well that I can go on about. But with that Explore Six Hundred, I was like, this is the light, yeah, that I've been wanting for years. Yeah, that's when so, that's when Godox came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody, everybody I know that it's on YouTube, man. It's it's killing it with Godox equipment. Yeah, I was I was worried because there there's two brands, right? Like there's there's a Godox and then there's like a knockoff of Godox, but it's still the same company. Kind of like how there's like Rokinon and Samyang. Like I, they're the same, essentially the same manufacturer, but they. they, they remember label the name it of it? I can't. I can't remember. Because because um, right now Godox actually has. Like since they're worldwide at this point, even back in 2016 when I when I first learned about the Explorer 600, at that time I knew of at least six to seven, maybe even eight other names that the light was going by. Yeah, because okay. it was worldwide. Basically, a lot of companies throughout the world would want to acquire the rights to sell that light under mm-hmm. their own brand. Right. So they would re- rename the light City Pro, Pixar Pro, Atlas 600. Just like a couple, there's a lot of different names for that same exact strobe. Yeah. So, um, so may, I was just curious. It's if probably that, if that's might, probably what it was. The case because if yeah. it's the exact same strobe, the exact same strobe, then it might be that case because yeah. So so is it basically like a bunch of companies that are fighting for the patent over it or not necessarily the patent, but just they want to kind of just distinct distinguish themselves. Yeah, mm. it's like a white label. Yeah, it's like like, hey. like drop shipping. Yeah, like specifically with Adorama, <laughs> and it, it sucks because I wish they had just kept the same name. Yeah, but I guess because they wanted to kind of establish that hey, if you buy the light under this name, you're buying it from us in the U.S., which I can kind of I can respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. But but it we created a whole bunch of confusion because. Um, they're like, oh, um, I'm gonna get the Godox 8600 BM, which is known as the Explore 600 Manual yeah. by Adorama. So like, whenever people message me, they're like, oh, I'm gonna get the Godox this one, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I have to kind of translate the names to the to Adorama name to it, and I, I have it all in my head now. Nice. But back when I was still learning <laughs> about these lights, I'm like, okay, that one's this one, that's one, this one, and. It was just the, all the naming conventions. I right. had to match them in my head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got to pick me up something like something for on the field, man. Cause for studio, like I'm pretty much set and I've, I'm, I'm really well invested into Posse Bob at this point. Studios taking care of both for as far as like going on location. If I shoot a wedding or something like that, I want to have something that I can just take like a, a mini boom pole and have like an assistant hold. To yeah. be honest, well, you hype me up. I might buy some code dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I already got yeah, some lights. He, he sent us that affiliate code. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have an affiliate code? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it to say? Um, yeah, what you were saying before, I think you mentioned real quickly that the Godox was more expensive than the Einstein. Actually, in that blog post that I mentioned, the Explore 600, um, I don't know, just type in FGH photo Explore 600, but that blog post should pop up. And I actually do the, do the math in there because the Vagabond, the thing that powers the Posse Buff lights for anybody who doesn't know, yeah. you need a power pack. Oh, that's um, true. That costs, I think, 250 or something. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So then there's that price. And then the Einstein itself is like 500. Let's just say 500. So the, so the Godox has a battery built into it? Yeah. It's the back of the oh. light. It's just built in there. No cords. That's so tight. <laughs> and it actually has a built-in trans, no, built-in receipt. Rec- Receiver. receiver yeah rec- oh, wow. receiver yeah it has a built-in receiver god dang it Re- receiver <laughs> it has a built-in receiver so um the policy la- policy buff lights they don't have that you have to buy a receiver yeah. to attach no, the light 100%. even with the digibee 
Yeah, yeah. I think he has a little thing on top there, right? I know. I own it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you have it's it. It's in that room. I right see there. his voice. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, He's like, the thing that another reason why I like all the Godox lights is because literally all of them have a built-in receiver yeah. or a built-in transceiver, a remote, and a receiver. Mm. So, if so I, these lights can talk to each other if you super easy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, Damn. I actually have what I have like the remotes that 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 I use for the Godox lights. Mm-hmm. I can control literally all of my Godox lights. All. I think seven or eight different types of them yeah. with that one singular transmitter. They all have built-in receivers wow. or built-in transmitter. The the Godox speed lights, if I wanted to, if I if I have let's say for example, I had two Godox speed lights, just that that it, you know, nothing else. If I forgot my transmitter or it broke on a photo shoot and I was just using one speed light, I can use that other speed light to control that speed light and fire it with high speed sync and everything. Mm. Oh, wow. It can be used as a remote if you want to. Yeah, man, my policy bluff is kind of like <laughs> my, all my equipment. All my, all my equipment is basically like like Bitcoin. I'm waiting for it to go back up and resell. Value. Can your Digi you know do that? Can you control another one, bro? Yeah. I, I have the Cyber Commander. Oh, I used Jesus. it once. Okay. I used it once. Bro. And how was your experience with that? <laughs> no comment, bro. <laughs> I used it twice, and I remember vividly thinking, "This is too complicated." No, no, thank just- you. It, it looks like you need to, you, you need to you need to learn how to code. <laughs> That's the vibe. HTML coding like, like okay, all the different DOS. channels on the top. I don't know, I don't know if you ever played Yu Gi Oh when you were a kid, like Yu Gi Oh cards. But there was this one card called Cyber Commander. And that card, if you look at it, if you Google it, that's exactly what this thing looks like. Oh my god! Yeah. Now so, we know the secrets. That maybe that's where they got it from. The I don't secret know. of Possible's naming conventions. <laughs> maybe, but I don't know, man. I'm hoping like with stuff like this, like podcast episodes, people talking about it, they will start to innovate. You know, they will start to do something because they have such a dope brand that, and they're killing it on social media. Their products are good. They just need to update, bro. Like they, you know, it's like you got to stay progressive. Because I, I, I remember my homie, because that's how I kind of got into photography. Because he was doing stroke photography for uh, skateboarding. Mm-hmm. This is back in like oh nine. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Or oh eight. So he's definitely was, using Posi Buff. Yeah, yeah, I was like, damn, like these things are tight. I had yeah. no clue what strobe photography was. Yeah. Like, cause I was like, whoa, I just know about natural lighting. Yeah. <laughs> so he was killing it. Yeah, like, Joey L using Posi Buff. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I want to get these lights. That's exa- that's the biggest reason why I got it. I I saw that video and I was like, oh, I'm not going to shell out two grand for one light. <laughs> I'm going to get the Posi Buff. And I, he, like, I saw him use it. It was really good. You know, um, but yeah, just go ahead and Policy update buff, that real quick. Update. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I want to ask you, uh, do you ever get creative funk? So that's what I call them. Creative like, funk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where you basically fall into like a, he knew you don't want to. He's like, yeah, yeah. I do. Speaking yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, how, how do you get out that, of them? There's, even that we just passed that seasonal depression area, like that winter time. That's what oh. people always go into. Yeah. But I mean, I live in South Texas, so where it's all sunny all the time. So I, yeah. can't, I can't get that excuse. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, like I said before, I do want to kind of grow as a photographer and do different types of things but i always have that fear of like not being good at it but a lot of people are like you know do that share your error share share your, all that trial and error and people will you know will feel with that and they'll watch your journey and stuff yeah i would love to do that but then <laughs> there's that guarantee of like, yeah i'm gonna nail it eventually yeah. there's always that worry that you know it's gonna take longer than i want it to right but um yeah i um i like my work now i took some photos today that i really loved mm-hmm. but um but it's the stuff that I, I'm familiar with, and I want to. I right. want to have that challenge, and and learn different things, and and create different styles that 
I don't know, like, yeah, up to this point, I'm like learning what's next, what's the new thing that can, can you know, that can be invented. Right. Like with you guys with the Boca Panorama, mm-hmm. I want to feel that again. I want to feel this new technique that I didn't know. Right. And and when I learned the, that Boca Panorama, I was like, wow, the heck is this? Yeah. And I want to feel that again. I feel like I, I know a lot about photography, like not in the sense that I'm all knowing, but I know all these different techniques and I want to learn something new that I didn't before mm-hmm. completely. And I feel like I, I still am searching for that. See, I I'm, that. I'm fairly newer to photography because I just started doing strobe photography back in 2017. Like, That's when I picked up the, well, 2016 or 2017, I picked up my first Einstein. Uh, but I just I just started using gels like in the last year. Oh, okay. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Like gels is like my hype right now. And you do a lot of but, studio stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But then I get people who are hitting me up and like, dude, Gels have been around for years. We've been doing. I did that stuff five years ago. I mean, like, people can do something, but not do it differently or do it unique. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's always there's people that are like, oh, high speed things been going on for two years. It's a trend now. But like, I've seen, I see it do it. You know, people doing it wrong all the time. Yeah, it's, it depends on you know if you, that that uh, you know how well you you. What's it called? My, 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 <laughs> how you execute it, right, right? Yeah, right. So I mean, there's a photographer. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but his, his name is Jake Hicks. He does amazing gel work. Amazing. It's J A K. I gotta look him up. J A K E H I C K S. Is he on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. He. I think he's on YouTube, but he okay. also has tutorials as well. That if you want, you want to buy from um, RGG Edu. I think they just re- renamed their whole system. Called they call it Pro Edu. And, edu now but um yeah there's a oh tutorial. i did i did watch him yeah he's amazing I just, I just looked him up on youtube and i did watch a couple of his yeah you know, he's amazing he's dope yeah and yeah. he does gels so well and yeah i think if anybody wants to learn some gel stuff that's the guy but i have a friend who sells gels for the godox lights mm-hmm. flashgels.com exactly how it sounds <laughs> f-l-a-s-h-g-e-l-s.com yeah he sells gels for the godox system so in case you want to light uh, gels for those now now the, the, there's a specific like i wouldn't say science but there's there's something to gels right like you have to because i because i realized like i was you i used to use those paper ones like the ones that you buy at the dollar tree or whatever like cheapy ones yeah okay. but then i found out that there's ones that you can buy that that the way they reproduce color is a lot more accurate yeah. and a lot more natural um, yeah. I didn't know that. Like, I think it's called Lee Ali filter. Lee filters. Yeah. The gels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to act like I know everything about gels. That's yeah. it's still an area that I want to go over. And I just got some gels from my friend that, who sells those gels at flashgels.com. There you go. <laughs> Get that plug in, bro. But yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he he sent me those gels and that, that's one push that I want to, you know, you know, that's one area that I want to push myself into. Mm-hmm. You should, man. Because you're already killing yeah. it with the off-camera flash. Yeah, if you sure. just start doing gels on location, yeah. that's a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, there, That's dope. One thing with those uh, flash gels, uh, how do they go onto the lights? Do you just tape them so, on or do they have like a slot? The, um, with the gels that he sells, um, there's a bulb that the Godox lights have um, that you can touch. They have like an outer bulb and an inner bulb. You, don't, you never want to touch the inner bulb, yeah. but you can touch the outer one. But you basically just wrap the gel around it. He he um designed it pre-cut. He has like a laser cut printer that you could that he uses for these gels so that it could fit around it really nicely. And oh, then he has uh, it comes with um heat resistant bands that you can just so put over the gold. Yeah, so you don't melt and you can just fire it away. Damn, um, that's tight. Yeah. So yeah, definitely recommend Genius. those. Do, do do you ever print your own images? No, I'm not gonna lie. You don't, I, you I don't, don't print, print your own mine, images. But um, the times that I have printed them for. They look, good. they look really nice they yeah. look so nice I'm so happy with the prints but yeah, I don't, I, I don't the, print for myself the only time I've ever printed my images because I feel like that's like a lost art people don't print it enough yeah you know because we shoot 
on, we shoot on a digital camera, we edit on a digital computer, and then we post on a digital platform. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, the only time I really ever print is when I do like a wedding and I have to buy like a photo album or something. Yeah, that, exactly. And, and the images look amazing, but then again, it's only like an eleven by fourteen inch book. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you shoot on an A seven S two, it'll look great. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I have wanted to like kind of do like a huge large print because I, I love when I, when I bring an image into into Lightroom, you zoom into the eye and it's just perfectly sharp. Like right in the red right eyelid, yep. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I, I have wanted to see if you what print that looks it, like. You can like put it to your face and be like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. Sharp life eye. size, <laughs> life size. Sharp eye. <laughs> put those megapixels to the to the test finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, if if you weren't doing photography, what would you say you would be doing right now? That's very interesting. So, um, wow. Uh, the reason, the whole reason why I started photography is because I n- I've never had a creative bone in my body ever. Like I suck at drawing. I do good. Like you know, squiggle. Drawing. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and I've never gonna get at painting or just thinking of things uniquely. But when it came to photography, it was just something that I I felt like I could do and I do it well. And that creative eye was just something that I was just trying to find over and over again. But if I guess if I could couldn't do photography, like if somebody said you just can't do it anymore, then yeah. uh, then it's um, illegal. And <laughs> it's illegal all over the world. <laughs> uh, I think pro- I would probably be. Uh, there was a time where I wanted to be a lawyer because I thought, oh, okay, I'm good at arguing, right? No, but, <laughs> you know, Yo, that's exactly no, but, what my mom used to tell me. <laughs> but um, but uh, no, I think I had that. You know, I would watch a lot of a lot of a uh, lot on our SVU, but yep. that was you know that phase passed. But I still like the show. But um, I think I would probably be a psychologist or therapist of some sort because I always I love the human mind. Yeah, and I love like seeing why people react a certain way and what makes people. Not necessarily what makes them tick, like I'm actually bugging people, like you know, intentionally. But I like to see how people react to different things. And one thing that I've learned through photography and just like dissecting social media and how it's evolving over the years, I've seen you know what trends happen. Like for example, I could bring uh, one example that I can bring is that if I were to post a link to something, like like let's say I make a YouTube channel and I post a link to it. I know that because of the link, because of the small thumbnail, because of the description on the side, a lot of people are going to kind of just bypass it as an ad in their head subconsciously and right. not want to click it or engage in it. But if I post a picture from the from the photo shoot where it's show, you know, showing you know, what I did with the light and then post a link in that description, mm-hmm. it'll get a lot more clicks than if, right. than if I were to just post yep. that link. By so itself. it's almost like you're, 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 you're studying the psychology yeah. and it's like marketing, right? Yeah. It's, of what works. Yeah, exactly. And it, over the time of, of me being a, a an influencer over the past couple of years unintentionally. I just wanted to help people. Right. But um, I've seen what works and what don't works and why. And I've learned that, you know, the different ways that people react and specifically with social media, because I, I, the, my main social media is Facebook. And a lot of people, a lot of younger people say that's old people, Facebook, you no, know, for Facebook's old people, the best. Right. but I, I use Facebook and it, it's the whole reason why I have any sort of following at all. Um, but there are people that young people that use Snapchat all the time. I don't, you know, at all, <laughs> at all, really. But I, I just like learned, um, learned over time, over the years that, you know, different people do different things in regards to social media for specific reasons. And I've always been interested in that and, and kind of cracking that code of, mm-hmm. of what's the best way to get my stuff to people and them enjoy it without feeling like an ad in other words. Right. So I think if I didn't do photography, then I would definitely be interested in the human mind and kind of figuring out, you know, different things and, I don't know. Just I don't know. Be, I wouldn't say be a therapist. It would be Mac. You know, make that, that, mad that, money. That's a, that's a good answer though, yeah. because I mean, you you kind of broke it down to what makes you. 
I would say successful in photography is you're, you're trying to understand and learn how people want to to look at content or like how 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 advertising your own content works and it's all psychology man true um, yeah i think that's a really big part i think i think marketing and advertising is a big big part of, of of having of being successful in your photography business i feel like that's one of the things that a lot of creatives lack you know what i mean it's just a business yeah. thing you have to have yeah, yeah you know, i definitely agree with that um there was a time when i would ch- uh, like a lot of people ask me when you know with portrait photography how do you get go over that anxiety and you know what are different things to kind of make the subject feel comfortable and i definitely think it has to do with having a good understanding of the human mind and how the people, how people react in the very beginning i was myself that very shy person wanting to do portrait photography well i wanted to get better at it so i suffered through those those anxieties of oh, maybe i'm not going to give them a good photo this time this photo shoot or different things that a lot of people feel especially when they start start you know portrait photography fresh especially with off-camera flash with not even not not just strictly natural light which is um you know that added difficulty of off-camera flash isn't even there mm-hmm. it's still that anxiety of you know you're gonna fail and how are these people gonna fail are you know are they gonna feel like i've wasted their time are they gonna get mad at me different things like that um over time i've gotten to kind of kind of brush away these anxieties and feel more confident in my work and feel confident more as just a creative. Right. And I think it's from just that willing to, to put these fears aside for the second and try to just grow as a person and try to also make this person feel comfortable. Even if I wasted com- their time completely, at least, at least they had a good time in other words. Right. And, there, and you know, there are some times where that's happened before um, for reasons beyond my control that, you know um, the weather just started to rain out of nowhere and we just barely got there or something um, but there's always that, that part of me that wants them to have that enjoyable experience with their portraits, um, as much as they can and, and also get really great portraits. Right. So I think it all has to do with like learning, like how people react and act and how I can make that experience as, jo- as enjoyable as it, you know, as it can be. That's some sound device, That's man. So yeah. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I feel like your intentions are good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, but I was going to ask, um, what, what do you think are some steps that people can take to start improving their own work or let's say somebody feels like they're starting to doubt themselves. What are some steps that people can take to kind of make themselves feel better or even improve their work? Um, that's a very good question. A lot of people, I haven't been getting that a lot lately um, that they feel like, you know, you know, I want to bring up one specific post that I made at the beginning, at the end of this past year, mm-hmm. 2018, I made a post showing left and right, like how I took a photo in 2000 and, I want to say 11 mm. and then a, a photo from a recent photo shoot that I did was 2018 in December, December 16, I think um, I showed them side by side. And even that, that left photo that I thought was bad at the time. Um, well, basically the post that I made was saying, you know, it took me years and years to get to the point that I was at right now because I was so passionate and wanting to, to learn as much as I could. And there was a lot of times where people were just very secretive and it was so, so there was so much struggle um, to the point where I wanted to just learn as much as I could. And I, you know, I, I did all that trial and error and I got into the point where I was comfortable with work and I, and I just stuck with it. I think if somebody really wants to learn, they definitely have to have that passion because if you don't enjoy portrait photography, you're just doing it strictly for the money and you're not good at it right away. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to just quit and right. then you're just going to waste your time. You'll, you'll never have the passion to yeah. want to yeah. question you yourself on that, what you can fix. You can't grow that passion. Right. It has to be there. What I would definitely give people to advice if they have that passion to begin with is find a style that you like 
you know, whether it be natural light or off-camera flash, whatever, do, you know, try to break it down as much as you can because there are going to be some some characteristics of those portraits that you are really, you know, kind of really just kind of connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I love shallow depth of field. So that means wide, you know, prime lenses with wide apertures. Right. Um, basically, if you break it down, if you find a style that you like, like just try to find a couple of sources or maybe just one source of, of, of style that you want to create yourself, then that'll kind of break it down to what you need to, what gear you need to acquire, what, what skills, like if, if, if it requires off-camera flash skills, um, and then you can also find out the, the, the gear that that person used. So you can also buy that gear or maybe just buy a cheaper version of that gear because you right. know, for photos expensive. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can just kind of break it down and analyze it um, to science kind of really. Um, and if you, if you figure out that person is, has a lot of editing, then maybe you want to get a little bit better at editing. And you can just basically break it down to that point where um, nowadays where people share a lot because of how popular it is to share stuff now. Um, you can kind of just understand what's going to work for you and what gear you need and focus on that. If you have somebody to kind of um, to learn from, basically a mentor, a, mentor. a digital mentor, right? And maybe they're unintentionally, you know, mentoring you with either sharing their posts. Yeah, but um, I would say yeah. you mentor a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I definitely, I definitely know. try my best to. I mean, there's people that say, "Can you mentor me?" I'm like, my posts are pretty much set <laughs> set like that. But um, yeah, I think if if somebody wants to learn something nowadays, nowadays it's just a lot easier than it was in 2011 when I right. started. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and add on to that because it's something that we always mention on this podcast. Literally, we always mention is is don't critique yourself too harshly because photography is subjective. Yeah. And your standards might be different than what other people perceive to be good. If you're not good yeah. by your standards, I would say go to somebody who you do respect and you do know and you think is better than you and start asking them questions. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I developed a, a thick skin. I it was not thick to begin with, but uh, I definitely did learn uh, learned to have a thick skin through posting on online groups, and not just taking everybody's critique, but seeing who actually had the good intention in mind to get, give me that bad bad critique and tell me where I can prove. Yeah. Not just your photo sucks, and then like, yeah. oh man, okay. Or just like, hey, maybe you should uh, put him in this position or put the light in that position. So yeah, get that shadow. And, blah, and blah, blah. I'm always kind of hesitant to give advice myself because I I always think it's that subjective opinion. Yeah, it's definitely. what I think you should improve on, not what you might do differently so that you like the photo better. And I always try to be very transparent, very transparent about that. Tell them like I love soft light, so maybe I would add that light closer. Do different, do do this differently. I would add, I would move that pose to this for different. I'll I'll break down the critique as much as I can, and but I'll also give them like basically what I learned a long time ago: a compliment sandwich. Yeah, you know, like positive, negative, yeah. then positive. Yep. So yeah, so that they can at least come out with it you know as a positive experience but i'm also learning i've never heard of the so, compliment sandwich yeah because <laughs> the thing is like a yeah. lot of people need to understand in life like you need you need to question thing and you question things and you need to try things because yeah. the thing is like okay maybe that's not your style but try it yeah because exactly. maybe you can learn something from that little bit of like that, that yeah learn critique. what you didn't like yeah and then yeah. be like oh wait i can actually do it like this now and see now yeah, you, you found something it. else yeah so, yeah so people always question stay questioning life till the day you die yeah and, and don't learn. don't just learn stuff just like sitting at your couch yeah i did that for a long go out time there and do it yeah. yeah go out there and try you it because do it. that bro, practice bro, is for the first priceless. for the first year I would say this is the biggest mistake I ever did. Oh, I wouldn't say mistake, but one of the things I wish I could redo in my career is for the first year of me even having my own equipment, bro, 
I just watch people do it. <laughs> like I was watching like Jessica Cobasi, watching Manny Ortiz. I was watching all these people do it, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> when am I gonna start?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it was intimidation because like th- there's a lot that goes into be into so like much. into learning photography, not even just the technicality, but like how do you find models? Where do you go shoot? Where's yeah. the location? How do you find the location? What equipment do you take with you? It's, what kind of image are you going to create? It's a huge oil machine. It's so man. much. Yeah. And Crazy. you need to start with the basic fundamental questions of like, what am I trying to create? So, so you know? It's funny that you mentioned that because I still need, I need to bring this series back, but I had a, a series which I think only did like three episodes on it so far, but I had I started one called um, Behind the Shot. Yeah, behind the shot, uh-huh. where I would basically explain how that photo shoot was created from start to finish, and because I wanted to kind of just explain to people this is how that shot you know came to be. In other words, and it's funny because one model that I I know now and I worked with frequently and created one of my favorite photos of 2017 with, um, I I know I got to know her from another photographer back in I want to say 2013, um. So in 2013, there was uh, like I was trying to, as much as I can to reach out to other photographers in my area. Yeah. One photographer was like, "Okay, um, I'm gonna do a shoot in my studio," and it was like a, like a 50 minutes away and maybe an hour away in the studio, and it was also raining bad that day. But I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go." Yeah. Um, because I want to learn. I, wa- I had that passion. I wanted to learn. And you could have so, easily set those roadblocks yeah. for yourself. <laughs> it's raining. Oh, it's raining. It's, raining. it's, too, far. it's too dangerous. Too far. <laughs> yeah. And it was also in the nighttime. It was also in the nighttime. I think we went like at like something like seven or eight, and then we left like at ten or ten thirty. But through that singular experience, I got to know that model. Her name's Barbie. But I got to to know Barbie, and at that time she was like sixteen, maybe. But I I met her through that, and through that experience. And she like I think the next year or so she moved away, but years later she came back and went to move to my area. And in 2017 she hit me up and she was like, "Hey, I know we, we uh, like it's been a while, but I moved back into the to to the area, the valley. And um, would you want to shoot together? Because like I guess I had a stronger portfolio back uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, definitely. You have a great look. And I remember like you being so easy to work with back then. And then so we had that shoot and I created some of my favorite images that year. I have one amazing photo that I love that from that from that photo shoot and um yeah that that photo has been like uh one that that even sony used a lot and um one that i really like Mm -hmm. and it was just simply from reaching out to photographers in my area and saying you know what this this guy says like hey i'm actually doing this photo shoot in my studio um at night time with this model and I was like, I could have said, you know, I could have said, no, it's late. Oh, it's raining. Oh, yeah. you know, all these different things. But I, I met her through that experience. And then I ended up having an awesome photo shoot literally years later. So I mentioned that in that video. I mentioned the fact that she, I was like, okay, what kind of, um, what kind of outfits do you want to, to kind of, to use? Or what, she even asked me like, what outfits do you look for? And that's another thing that I, I describe in the video too, because when it comes to just working with models in general, you want to be as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. And one thing that can kind of get, if they don't know you at all, they can, one thing that can get weird easily is like, Oh, send me pictures of you and your outfit. I always tell the model, feel free to send me the pictures of the outfit just laid out across on the bed or hanged up, you know, hung up. Um, that's, that's all I need. Cause then I can just do the math in my head, right. figure out the colors and what will work in the area that we're yep. going to shoot in. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I do have, uh, that's some solid advice. Yeah. I have a, like, I want to say three episodes from that series that I want to bring, you know, I want to start to, to, to bring back because I tried my best to describe how I got to know that model. Um, the, the outfit and the way that we communicated, which was Facebook or Instagram sometimes, 
um, the way that I, I decided the location, she actually decided that location because she drove past it. She lived in there nearby it. And then how I did, you know, got to the understanding of, okay, I want the light here and how I decided, okay, I want this backdrop and different things. I just try to, I just much, basically I try to, to explain as much as I can about how this one singular shot was created. Right. Because it's not as simple as, oh, um, we, shot we just showed up yeah. and everything we, was that way. We shot together <laughs> and it was really nice. So I yeah. just got my light and took a picture. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause then who, who learns from that? Really? Nobody, you know? So I, so, you know, that, you know, I feel motivated to make more of this. More you should, man. Yeah, you definitely yes. should. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the kind of stuff that people do learn from a, a lot. And that, that's one of the reasons why, why I, I didn't want to start a like, YouTube channels because I, I feel like if I did it, I wanted to, I wanted it to be super, um, professional, profe looking. Not, not even professional looking, but like, I wanted to be able to explain the technicality of why I did. Cause sometimes we end up with dope shots and it's an accident. But sometimes <laughs> and, and I want to be feel confident enough to explain exactly how the I got that. You know what everything. I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's, but. A, it's it's a lot of it is trying to get your thoughts on across. Yeah. And I, I to this day I still struggle with that. That's why there's some videos that I wanna make to this, you know, right now. Yeah. That I think will be really helpful. But I wanna the best way that I can be really helpful is to get my thoughts out more clearly. And yeah. that's the where I struggle with. So I kind of wanna make these videos about high speed sync, about why I use certain lenses yeah. and I want to make these videos, but I want them to be helpful as much as I can. So I need to get these thoughts across right. as clearly as I can. Yes. Do, do, so do you make like a, like a Google spreadsheet with like all the questions or all the questions so, that you've been asked or even like topics you want to make videos about? That's the thing um, that I need to work on. <laughs> my, my simple answer is no. No. Okay. Cool. But I have, I always have, and I, and I need to tell my girlfriend, <laughs> to like to help me with that because like she's so like the opposite of me i'm like yeah i'll remember it because it's a good idea yeah no and then, and then i'm like <laughs> yeah what's that idea <laughs> yeah so yeah so sometimes i have screenshots from people asking me questions yeah and i screenshot it and then i'm like uh so i have it in my screenshots that's the, the only way that i have any way of remembering see i go in there and i mass delete screenshots though yeah i don't want my i don't want my photo library to get cluttered yeah so, yeah i forget that. i got, forget about I got that. 256 gigabytes i don't want to i don't want to have to yeah, worry about damn look at that <laughs> do, do you have any like uh bad i would say bad but do you have any like interesting stories about uh experiences you've had with photography maybe have you left taught you something or left you with like a damn i wish i could have done that better there yeah. um there there has been times where stuff out of my control happened um i will say and i don't think i've mentioned it before but there's been three different times where um, models have passed out during my photo shoots whoa Damn. and one is not my fault completely because this model had like a heart problem yeah uh, and she kind of i didn't know beforehand but she like she was like i thought it was hot or something but she was like i'm gonna i'm gonna pass out and, she and, just it, knocked and out. then we're like we're like what and then like and then only the only the photographer that was with us that was what? close by her yeah heard her and yeah. caught her oh dang okay yeah but me and my friend i actually have a recording of it because i'm not gonna i'm never gonna air this yeah, 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 yeah. but um uh i have a recording because i was gonna make a video from it but then she, you can see that she's like i'm gonna pass out and then it, it and looked, then me yeah. and my friend are like kind of away and we're like we're like we're not even paying attention. We're like this, looking at the lighting or yeah. something. And then my other friend who's close to her catches her. And we're like, what the heck? What happened? Wait, well, so what was it? Was she died? Was she dehydrated? She, it wasn't. A, it was literally just a, a heart issue. She had uh, heart palpita palpitations yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that, that was that case. Pobre but these other two cases were completely something that could have been, you know, easily um, not happened. Right. Uh. Um, one of them just didn't eat the whole day. 
Oh damn! And it was yeah. already it was already yeah. like uh, six p.m. Yeah. or something like that. So definitely make sure if you're gonna shoot model, make sure yeah. that they eat. Yeah. And I want to reiterate that because that other time where the model um, passed out, she said she ate. And then when I asked her what she ate, she was like, half a taco and a little bit of Coke. I'm like, uh, that's not eating. That's a well-balanced nutritional that? meal right there. What is that? She said, half a taco and a little bit of I Coca-Cola, right? I should have asked more like, what exactly did you eat? Yeah, Coca-Cola. Did you eat a lot? Because you said Coke. I was like, well, Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, Coca-Cola. I yeah. mean, she's a model. So, <laughs> so um, definitely make sure that your models are well-fed. Yeah. But they always have that thing where they might lie because they don't want to look bloated during the photo yeah. shoot. Yeah. But, um, uh, still, eat yeah. something, man. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, whenever I do, like, shoot days and I'm shooting all day from, like, you know, 11 a.m. to, like, 6 p.m., I don't eat. And I that's something that I do need to fix because I do get, get very hungry. But I feel bad as a photographer where I'm like, if I have somebody that I'm shooting with in the model and, and I know she's hungry, you know, so it's like, I always offer, like, you know, can I get you something? Can we go stop, so, get something to eat? So I want to kind of pick on that a second because. I used to be that type of shy photographer who would always be the same way as well. Like always feel bad or have these insecurities about if I do something, will it upset somebody else? Yeah. But, um, over time I tried to make it into kind of a, a relatable, funny kind of thing where if I'm like, I'm like, you know, you know what we're taking, we're taking a lot of pictures today. We got a lot of great shots, but I'm starving and I work best when I'm, you know, fed and you might be starving too. Do you want me to get you some food? You just try to, your best to be as, approachable and yeah. com communicate your thoughts as well because you don't want to in other words make the photo shoot hindered because you feel tired because you know they're hangry is a word for a reason oh yeah so yeah. you don't want to kind of your mood changes yeah, when you're hungry even just your, your train of thought yeah. you know you just kind of you can explain it as like I work best when I'm you know when I'm fed so if if we could take about 30 minutes to get something quick to be you know quick to eat Taco Bell's cheap yeah. so go ahead get something yeah. if you want me to get you a water or a taco I can get you that just, just try to make it as a approachable and relatable a full taco. and that's the best thing that I could uh, could give somebody <laughs> advice to because if you were to be like this, we're like, I'm, uh, I'm a um, little hungry. Yeah. Do, you, do you mind if I get like a, a snicker or something? Like if you, if you the way that you talk, yeah, you're gonna if, show a little yeah. it's going to show it and it's going to make them like, man, you know, this guy's just like complaining a lot or something. But <laughs> oh, damn. <okay. laughs> but just, I try to be as yeah, like that tonality negative. can yeah. completely yeah. change everything. I used to be very shy yeah. and so, and I'm definitely not now, but, um, so I kind of like always pick on my past self. I'm, yeah. So that's, that's definitely that's, that's yeah. definitely a pro tip I, I feel like even like you know if you're gonna go out shoot even if you're in the desert or on location wherever it is like take a bag with you and put yeah. some snacks put in snacks it, for you sure know? Yeah. Like some, some bars like, granola bars man if like, you've done like PA jobs or anything they, they yeah. have they have to have snacks around yeah you, water bottles. you gotta yeah, get that anything. message across that you know like I'm human too I need to eat a little bit I forgot to get breakfast you know mm -hmm. do you mind if I get a little snack yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, we we have some uh, Instagram questions for you. Yeah, some go users, ahead. users submitted some questions. Yeah, um, let me see real quick. This person's name is a little hard to pronounce. Ubaldo Benavides Ooh. asks, "What is next for you and your photo career?" Wow, well, hard hard yeah. with that first Got question. Philosophical with it. Um, I definitely want to do more studio stuff and that's the thing that i do want to do a lot more specifically because it's about to get hot in texas and i don't want to i don't want to work in all that heat you know? <laughs> um i'm originally from michigan so that heat's you know i never got used to the heat and never to this day Wait, how hot does it get out there because over here it's the like humidity right it could, it could oh. be it could be as hot as 110 but with the heat humidity. index making it 115 yeah so. no might as well yeah so um 
Um, so I definitely want to work more indoors because at this moment, and I know for a fact that this isn't like a good opinion, but I feel like indoor for you know studio photography is just super limiting in what you can create. Like to break it down, the most negative way is that like oh it's just a backdrop and the way that you can approach the lighting and poses and that's it. Um, but I don't want that to be a hindrance. I want it to break through this different kind of like those excuses. Like, right. like right now I'm giving the excuse that, Oh, it's just a backdrop. It's just different lighting and you know, different poses and that's it. Mm-hmm. I want to work with, with more and challenge myself to, I guess in other words, inspire other people to be like, you know what? I first thought the exact same thing, but after seeing him do this and this and this now, now I really want to sh- yeah. try yeah. studio work. Well, so. th- that's one of the main reasons that I, do you, do you know who Elaine Torres is on Instagram? I do. On, on I YouTube. Do. Yeah. Dude, she is the one that, that put me onto like studio. Yeah. She's the, one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to do. Cause like just seeing what she does. Cause a lot of it's like coordination with makeup, uh, wardrobe, uh, yeah. Not even just the lighting, but using also props like gel, like using like paper and ripping paper up and yeah. like doing some different the background make it worth. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So that that, that kind of was what opened my eyes to be like, oh, so it's not just somebody sitting with their hand with the, the white background, chair, you know what with I mean? The white background, yeah. or the white background, or on a yeah. tree trunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. on a tree yeah. trunk. <laughs> you know, like elementary school. Yeah. photos. <laughs> Talk about school pictures, yeah. high school senior shots. Bro, yeah. have, have you seen how expensive some of these backdrops can get? Yeah, oh, like, like gravity backdrops. Yeah, or gravity. Oliphant. <sighs> yeah, Oliphant and gravity are the ones like the ones I can t- name on the top of my head that are, have like really nice backdrops. Yeah, I could Gra- get a sponge and do it myself. No, yeah. <laughs> some people <laughs> do do that. Some people do. Yeah, she, uh, Elaine did this one shoot, man. When she went back to Puerto Rico, she took a backdrop and she crumpled it up, like literally just crumpled up the backdrop, unfolded it, and then painted it, and then also like painted the the light stands that she was using a different color, and with the coordination of the of the outfit that the model had on, and the and the backdrop and the light stands. It looks so dope. I'll show you. I'll show okay, it to you, yeah. after, man. It looks. I'm about uh, to binge watch yeah. Elaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, she's dope. Yeah, she's definitely. Uh, I want to see if we can get her on here at some, some point. You never know. Uh, we also have Michael Hancock wants to know what advice would you give to someone who is frustrated with? Their, oh, we kind of touched on this. What advice would you give to someone who is frustrated with their own work? Um, I would try to do your best to analyze what is upsetting you, so that you can focus on that issue and solve it. Um, like for me, example. I remember one thing that I was uh, struggling with was um, making the flash as natural as possible mm-hmm. um, or just like not really because a lot of people who shoot natural light, they're like, oh, I don't like off camera flash because it's too. It looks no, too no, artificial. It's too, too artificial. Yeah. So what, for a long time, I was like, yeah, I have that you know opinion as well. And then I learned over time that if you add ambient, if you bring that light close for softness, if you there's a technique of, of positioning the light called feathering the light, which yeah. means lighting it indirectly. Um, it'll help you um, get that more natural, soft looking mm-hmm. light. Right. So yeah, definitely. And try to figure as much as possible. Um, not even just like all these different issues, but just focus on one, take it step by step and figure out what you don't like. So you can just fix that one by one by one. And that'll be the best advice I can give. There you go. That's good. And Eric Mendez wants to know what's your biggest inspiration when you plan a photo shoot? When I plan a photo when shoot. When you plan a photo shoot. Hmm. So I guess what uh what inspires that photo shoot? Um I I would assume his question is kind of like what what do you th- what do you think of when you are going to plan an outdoor photo shoot? Like what are some things that come to your mind that you know you have to like, like prepare for? Okay, so um one thing that I've been trying to 
to break away with, uh, break away from when it comes to my photo shoots is uh, these repeating patterns that I, these different things that I do as like safe zones of, I know that I'm going to get an image that I like. But one thing that I definitely aim for that I don't mind like not breaking is matching color tones with mm-hmm. what's with the scene. Mm. So there, there's a model that I work with before where um, I, I told her, okay, can you send me the outfit and so I can know these colors? And, and when I look up the area, I kind of, match kind of my vision with the, yeah. with the way that sun's falling um that that's definitely something that i always look forward to um just kind of matching the tones yeah so you 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 do a lot of shoots uh like during sunset right like what yeah yeah, yeah golden like, hours is, 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 is that there's a specific reason why you do that right yeah the the two be- the reasons i always tell everybody is because it's less uh the the weather is less hot for one yeah that's gonna be easy on me easy yeah. on the model uh two because the light positioning is perfect. It's really because nice, it's yeah. it's it, it provides like a nice rim light. You're not yeah. getting like raccoon. Yeah, or yeah, it's yeah, exactly. If it was a noon, it'd be like going up here, and you you can work around that. But yeah, then you would need low. that Einstein like, a high a power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the third reason would be because it's um, you get that flexibility of of like the sunset providing different colors depending on the you know yeah. how the yeah. sun is feeling. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you have that flexibility of being able to shoot an hour before sunset. Um, you have that those daytime shots that you can create a lot more sun, and then the nighttime is you have that flexibility of like sunset shots, and yeah. or even like if they want to stay a little bit later, you can get nighttime shots. Have you ever planned like a photo shoot and then like either the model's running late or you're running late because of traffic and you miss it? Oh my it. god, <laughs> you miss it! Like that's that's my biggest yes. concern. I feel like if I ever if I ever did like a sunset photo day. shoot, I need to get there like an hour before. You know what I mean? So just a quick uh, yeah, because I'm asking this from uh. From uh, amateur, if you want to do shots at night with strobe, how do you? What What are you recreating? Like, are you recreating like street lights or the moonlight, or are you just kind of taking the photo? That's like, a very good is- question. That's a very very good question. So one thing that I can say is, when you, depending on the photographer, like for example, if I had to bring it into like sort of a relatable kind of uh, question like that, yeah. when you actually watch a movie. When and during the nighttime, yeah. If you actually analyze the light at night, you'll see that none of the light matches. Yeah, it's ever. a bit exaggerated it's, too. And sometimes it's just completely not, not even like it'll like realistic at all. Yeah, because like the so, moonlight in the forest, you're like the moon don't do that. Yeah, the moon, <laughs> it don't light up that whole forest like that bright. Yeah. But um, yeah um, I actually have some photo shoots on um from my YouTube channel of those night um I have videos of those night photo shoots on my channel. But I, 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 to be honest, I never really thought about that. Yeah. I, I honestly shot with lights in the area because I wanted them to kind of accent the model or yeah, be in the exactly. background. Right. Uh, but there has been times where people are like, okay, did you light this a certain way and kept those lights in the back orange because of this and this and this? And I'm like, what I'm seeing, like as I'm seeing, seeing it, mm-hmm. I want it to stay true to that. Okay. So one specific shot that I took in the nighttime a while back in 2017 um, the, the the orange lights behind her, I was like, oh, I like those. So I wanted to get those orange lights. Somebody was like, well, why didn't you change the color temperature to so orange. that it matches the flash? Because the flash is around 5,600 color temperature and the, the tungsten lights in the back are around, what, 3,000? Yeah. 3,200? Something like something that. Like that yeah. Yeah. yeah, so th- they're not matching. But it was what I saw. Right. So I wanted it to match what I was re- uh, realistically seeing. Mm. So um, 
based off your question i never really honestly never thought about matching yeah. my lighting to a specific kind of scene mm-hmm. but i've not i think up to this point nobody's ever nobody has ever even asked me that question yeah, well, so yeah. I, like, that's yeah, yeah, I never a, thought about that too. yeah it's <laughs> yeah. kind of weird one because it's just coming from like because now that question, i think man. about it well because especially yeah. if you're talking about um sunset photo shoots you're literally seeing the sunset so yeah. there is no natural light that's going to you know, there wouldn't be. Oh, that would illuminate you. There, there wouldn't, yeah, because yeah. the sun's literally behind yeah, the subject. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say the reason you, the the way you would light it is to kind of just accentuate the features of the face. You wanna, you wanna yeah. expose for that person, but still get that nice yeah. background. Yeah. You know. So one thing that a lot of people told me before, and every now and then I still get it, but not as much, is that they're like, because I love to use that sunlight as a rim light behind them. Yeah. And some people were like, well, wouldn't you want them to face the sunlight and use the you know, use the artificial light in front to kind of make it match that sunlight. And I'm like, no, why would I want to? That's <laughs> boring. Yeah. Like I'm using this artificial lighting so that I can create a look that I otherwise wouldn't be able to yeah. create. Right. If I was, if, it was, if, if you I were shooting natural, natural light, I might as well just shoot natural light. Yeah. Just exactly. take away the stroke. <laughs> yeah. Good. Just yeah. take away the stroke. Yeah. So, yeah. So I basically sandwich the subject in light. The, 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 the sunlight is providing that rim light and, nothing in front so it's just shadow yeah. and I'm filling in that shadow with my flash and I'm create, be able to create like a, a pop plus like, that color like yeah, yeah the subject really pops I so, think the photos I, are really that's, good that's been my style for a couple of years now and I, I've developed that style because of those different reasons I like shadow depth of field that rim light creating that free, uh, free secondary light and then that flash to fill in and I just I just love that and a lot of people associate that look with, with my work it's not the like the best way to associate it. I don't want to take credit. In other words, for other people's work that might they might have completely had that same thought process. Yeah. But I do want to, I guess, pat myself on the back for at least um, popularizing that look because I seriously had that struggle with the different sciences and my transmitters and the yeah. strobes of trying to nail how to do that. Right. So um. So I will. I'll take the credit for that. <laughs> and, and now Godox you made it, it super simple. Just boom. Yep. Yeah. Now they do. Shout so, out Godox. Godox. We have one last question that actually right. just came in. Uh, Renak underscore photography hey, wants know to know. Him. Oh, you know who that is? Okay. What were the challenges you had with your career compared to doctors and others? I'm assuming in any other so, career field. So that the thing, I think the best way to answer that question is that with doctors and other, I want to say like, more like college oriented classes is that there's some sort of structure mm-hmm. to that. Like if I need to learn these different body parts, I can learn these different body parts and just like learn it, learn it, learn it and right. get it nailed in my head, like right. the back of my mind with photography. It's creative. It, there's always going to be that person that if you might like this style, but other person, because photography and in general is subjective, they're not going to like, they're not going to vibe with that style and then they're going to be like, oh, you should have done this way or this way or this, this and that. And there's actually no right or right, no right or wrong answer. Right. So it's it, not like you're going to look at a doctor and be like, oh, no, man, you should have fixed yeah, this. You should have cut that heart this way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that way. There's a specific way to yeah. do it. You dissected that body part. The way you did it, I gave I it a B plus. I would have cut <laughs> a little bit lower, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a certain way, there's a certain right and wrong with these other paths. Right. With photography, it's completely subjective. Yeah. I might love something and there might be a whole millions of people who love this look, but there's also millions of people who don't. Right. They like this other sort of look. So the whole, the nutshell answer to that would be that it's always going to be subjective and it's always going to be dependent on what you like with photography and these other careers. There's a right answer. There's a wrong answer or there's the best answer out of these other answers. And um, yeah. And then, you know, you have a course for a reason for those classes, for those, for that career. 
And with photography, you might have to learn lighting types, but you're always going to film something a certain way because of how you wanted it to. You want to score a video with music this certain way because that's how you want it to. And it's always going to be subjective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Good answer. There you go. And uh, actually, one of of my personal last questions was going to be, because you mentioned you were doing most of your shoots on location. Do you ever have to worry about like permits or anything like that? Or do you just show up? It's good. Good that you mentioned that because that's one of the questions I get often. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a good answer that would help people. But <laughs> in my specific um, city, which is Mission, Texas, if uh, they're super, super lax with photography, they're like just they don't care. Like right. yeah. I've shot in front of a Ben and Jerry's before and they're like, eh, whatever. And other places where in LA, they're like, hey, you, you, my picture or my, my store was in your background of your photo. You need to delete that photo. Like, it's just weird that, that how strict there will be, you know, the rules will be in one area. Like LA, for example. Yeah. I have friends who live in LA and they're like, man, I wish I could just go to the park and shoot. And I'm like, why can't you? And they're like, because they always ask for permits because they want that money. Yeah. And then where I live in South Texas, it's super, super lax. Yeah. And even as far as San Antonio, like there's this place called the Pearl, the historic Pearl in San Antonio. If you know, if you know that area, you can go ahead and shoot there as much as you can, because I don't know if they're going to start charging. Soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, it's super big and beautiful and it's also free. And I always do my best to make sure that wherever I shoot, I'm not going to have any issues. I've shot in New York before. And before I shot in New York, I always, I always like, okay, I know that some people have told me you can't use stands because of like some laws or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I, so I make sure that uh, it, my girlfriend Ashley is helping me or somebody else can help me so that I don't have a stand on the ground and break oh, the law. Oh really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like somebody has to carry around the light. Or yeah. Be around because it, if, maybe. if you have a boom bowl, like you can't like block a sidewalk or, yeah, or anything no. like that. Okay, gotcha. There's just different rules. Because then it becomes a hazard, right? Yeah. Did, yeah. Okay. I did have here in LA too, like how bad it is. Like even if you yep. you you rent out a studio. You still have to get a permit for that studio. That's what? I, yeah. yeah, YC Imaging went through that. Like he. Oh, he, I know him. Yeah, he, he. I guess he went to a warehouse. They thought they were good, and then like the fire marshal came and said, "Like you guys know you need a permit Jeez, to shoot in this photo yeah, studio." And he, he was like, that. "Wait, what?" He's yeah, like, it's a photo studio. Yeah. So in other words, I'm very happy that I live in yeah. a town <laughs> Same here. where it's not so so strict with photography. Have but. you ever have you ever shot here in Vegas, like at Red Rock? No. The only, literally the off the strip. I've been here so many times because yeah. my mom loves Vegas, but I've only shot outside of the strip just today. Okay, today, nice. just barely today. Of all really? like the twenty plus times I've been here. Yeah. Um, but well, I think it was one time last year or no, two years ago that I wanted to do a photo shoot on the strip, and um, next to the buildings, and they're like, "No, you can't. You can do it on the sidewalk. Yeah, you can't do it next to the buildings. Yeah, no, they. So, so no, yeah, no. Uh, but they're short. yeah, like I, I, I also did a video with my friends Robert Hall and Darrell Hoshing last year. It's called Sixty Second Portraits, where we just like try to find a stranger and take portraits of them within sixty seconds. Nice. So it was, it was. Oh my god, it was like I'm getting like nervous doing it. <laughs> like it was so nerve wracking. Yeah. Well, you said you were a shy person too. Well, I mean, I, I, as much as I, I think I'm outgoing right now. When it comes to complete strangers who don't know who I am, yeah. I mean, and taking their portrait, yeah, and sixty seconds, yeah, <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. so yeah. you have to pose them and everything, and they have to be willing, and they have to want to do it right away. But um, yeah, we experienced like you know, like oh, getting in trouble because they're like, hey, you can't shoot here, mm-hmm. but um, we fun workarounds. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah. Well, if you shoot, if you decide to go to Red Rock, just know you have to have a permit. Okay, Red um, Rock. Unless, unless you have, unless the government shut down. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> time it, time just it just right, bro. When the government was shot down, it was open season out there, bro. Yeah, everybody was out there with their with their gear. 
Shooting. Right, so just hope for a couple days. No, but have you ever shot like a you you've never shot like Mount Charleston, right? Nope. I think you can shoot out there. I because th- I've done it. I haven't taken off camera flash, but I know like I've taken my you camera. You probably need a permit, but they either. A, a lot of care. a lot of intimidation comes with from like police or like park rangers or police whenever yeah. they see the flash. Yeah. If it's natural light, they'll be like, eh. yeah. if, it's, if, it's a with a if it's a point and shoot, eh. Yeah, but it's kind of like you you DSLR. you can you can take your iPhone into a concert yes. and shoot it in yeah. 4K, but if you take a DSLR, you're in <laughs> that trouble. Does, yeah. That does only 1080. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, 100% though, if you go to Mount Charleston, like, I could, and I, you know what? One of the things I've felt about Vegas is that because there's a lot of natural light shooters out here, is because there's a lot of night light, there's nighttime of lights yeah, here. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sun, first of all, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of nightlife where there's enough natural light yeah. on the strip to shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? In New York and Times Square, it's so so beautiful. And yeah, it's so t- bright. A lot of people tell me it's because you don't live there. But I was like, no, I've been there like. 10 times already and I every single time I go through it I'm like it's just so oh, I love color yeah. and, and then you, it's just like natural soft boxes yeah. just lighting people yeah. up and I just love it and yeah you don't even need a light like you just take pictures of people and it looks so, really good so moral of the story is <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 100% cool man well we appreciate you joining yeah, us on this podcast so bro much, yeah, no it problem. was really dope meeting you uh, do you want to kind of like let people know where they can find you and all that good stuff yeah uh, for sure it was really enjo- you know, a good awesome time talking about photography can talk for it till I lose my voice oh, but yeah. um, if you guys want to find me and want to learn from any sort of thing I put out like on YouTube or on on Instagram, I can be found through everywhere through um, just the FJH photo. That's FJH photo. Instagram.com FJH photo. Uh, Facebook.com slash FJH photo. YouTube.com slash FJH photo. And if you want to go to my website, which I need to update really, really badly and start to make blog posts on, that's fjhphoto.com. Hey, I gotta, I gotta say, I love that consistency, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're lucky that you, you were it. able to get it all across every single platform. Because it sucks when you have to put like. Seven one six on one. Because like, oh, bro, we had to do that for our podcast, man. I don't know how, but like Instagram was at morning dinner, perfect, right? Yeah. But then we go to Facebook and it was taken. Was like, what? <laughs> That's what I was, I yeah, was like, saying. Who has that? Who has morning? And yeah, I don't know who has it, but we had to do like the morning dinner or you something like that. It's like an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is, exactly. man. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like breakfast uh, in the breakfast lunch. lunch. Or breakfast I think that's kind of how we morning. came up with the name. We like because we're two dudes. We don't cook, man. Sometimes we would have eggs for dinner, bro. Yeah. You know, morning dinner. Get that morning yeah. dinner in you. I think my my <laughs> website name is worth two fifty now at the moment. But when I got it, it was like it was like. The, the amount that I paid was like $9 a year. Nice. A year or something. Nice. But, yeah. Well, we'll definitely link you up. We'll put all your information down below Ooh. in the description. People can check you out. Uh, check out his YouTube. He's killing it. You're going to drop it. more content. Yes. Did, wait, did, did you shoot any content while you were out here, video-wise? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I am going to do a, good, do man. my best to do a vlog. Okay. There you go. That <laughs> there, you go. It. there you go, man. But yeah, check him out, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next morning dinner. Later. Goodbye. Damn refrigerator. I sure am hungry.